Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Point. We unpack the objective truth. This blue-chip discussion is for all of Southeast Pennsylvania and the Delaware Valley. The Point is the place to be for compelling discussion not heard anywhere else. We supremely unpack the details and expose the hidden facts of the initiatives being supported by our lawmakers and our candidates running for office. We also discuss the developments in the milestones that are not being thoroughly reported by the fake news, Pravda, phony, enemy of the people media. Folks, I got to tell you, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of news going on right now. And, uh, but we remain, I believe, the oasis of truth here, the beacon of all truth seekers to tune into for an explanation of the unexplainable. In times of political upheaval and turmoil, we do unpack the truth in a way that does pack a punch. Let's uh, let's look at the COVID flatten the economy shutdown that Tom Wolf has got us locked into here. Uh, we're in week 16 now. Uh, we just watched our state assembly and our state senate vote for a resolution, which Tom Wolf does not have a vote on, to end everything and put everybody back to work. And uh, Tom Wolf has uh, promised to uh, allow, you know, counties, particularly Berks County and others, to go green this Friday. However, because of the state assembly doing its thing with this resolution, our governor now is threatening to rescind on that promise. He's going to be the no longer the benevolent dictator. He's just going to be the dictator in chief. That's what he wants to do. And he's going to punish all us rascally people in our rascally Republican legislature for uh, making uh, be a part of this resolution that he wants no part of. You know, folks, look, he wants to flatten this economy. And I think the state Supreme Court is going to see right through this sham because he's seemingly wanting to appeal this to the Supreme Court. And even though it's a liberal court, even though they're, they're activist judges on this court, uh, you're gonna, when, when people see the overt activism of a despot acting type governor like Mr. Wolf, people, uh, will, uh, these, I think these activists will side on the side of the people and the assembly. You see, the assembly has the, it's their, uh, it's their jurisdiction basically to end these, these uh, what what they call a uh, emergency uh, shutdowns, things like that. So they're ending it. The governor's appealing it. You know, and uh, I guess more to come on this in a week or so. It's interesting to see what happens. You know, we're seeing new recoveries outnumber new infections by nearly 10 to 1, and we see hospitalizations drop almost 70% from where they were just about a month ago. We also see that the website, which used to be the 5,000-foot flyover, is now the 10,000-foot flyover. The information available on the website, they don't even give the numbers anymore. You really got to dig through to find anything. They're not wanting the facts out to the people. Now, that's pretty nefarious. I think that's very telling. I mean, what is their motive? Why would they change the website? I mean, even with with the recoveries, they put a percentage on there. And then, of course, they give you the definition of what their definition of a recovery is. 
is a person that had had the COVID infection for 30 days. After 30 days, they consider themselves a recovered person, patient, if you will. So they're counting recoveries from the time a person is noted as infected to 30 days later. So I think the last number I saw was like 76% or something like that recovered. But I think it's much higher than that, obviously. But if you just simply, you have to do the math to figure out the numbers of recovered people. And I think that's very telling that these bureaucrats in Harrisburg, these stuffed shirt Democrats, these flatten the economy Democrats want to keep us that that want to keep us in shutdown, that want to punish us for our rascally state assembly and rascally Republican state Senate uh, passing a resolution to end this shutdown. Uh, they want to punish us. I think that's very telling. And again, the way they sh they change the website, I think, is even more telling. Uh, they're not wanting to put very much information out there. I, look, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. You don't have to be an Einstein to figure out how to communicate with people. If I was to put together a website and I was to put together some sort of a website that said, OK, we're going to convey to the people of Pennsylvania uh why it is basically we're in this economic shutdown. Well, you're going to put out there the facts that convey that message. So what I don't see the state doing is putting out those facts. Oh, yeah, you see the new infection rates that's out there, but you don't see the recovery numbers of recoveries. You see a recovery rate, which means you have to do the math. <laughs> and I think that's very telling. Uh, they want to make you do the math. And then, of course, their definition of that, you have to know what that is. Well, again, you got to prod through the page to find out what a recovered person is. Then, of course, the hospitalization numbers are very hard to find, if, if at all. And the county-specific numbers are very difficult as well. They used to be on there. Now they're not. So what they've done is they've taken the information data and facts off the site, and they've given you more of a flyover. So it was a 5,000-foot. Now it's a 10,000-foot. And again, I, I, I just see that the, uh, you know, we're going to have our state Supreme Court weigh in on this. And I, I do think they're going to side on the side of the people. I think there's a good chance of that because the governor has been right out front with his punish the punish the state now because of those rascally Republicans. And, and basically, he threatened to uh, rescind his go green order. I thought that was interesting. I mean, after all, if a go green order is based on science, facts, and data, why would he be threatening to rescind it because of rascally Republicans? I, I don't really see that, folks. I think that the state Supreme Court will see through that as well. If I can see it, um, anyone can see it, I think. I just think it's very telling uh, when the people are looking at it. You know, because, look, the number to focus on is not the new infections. It's the hospitalizations. They're doing more testing, so you're going to see new infections. I think the thing of it is, is, is the hospitalization has always been the issue. Remember, folks, back in March, it was all about flattening the curve. What were they trying to flatten? Well, there wasn't a literal curve. What it was was hospitalizations. They were trying to curb the number of <clears throat> potential hospitalizations, of flooding the hospitals and overwhelming the facilities and not having to ventilators and the respirators and everything else is that they need so their goal was to to stem that tide or quote unquote flatten the curve that was what they were trying to do and that is what they did 
But then the governor changed the rules and said, well, it isn't about flattening the curve. Did I say flattening the curve? I meant, I meant, no, it wasn't flattening the curve. It was flatten the economy. We have to go farther on this economic shutdown to prevent our economy from having any real success here. Because after all, this is a presidential year and we want to leverage these Republicans, these rascally Republicans in Washington to uh, pass a third relief bill. I think that's part of it. As well as I think they just want to punish the people. Uh, I think they just want to further punish the state, the small business owners, and those that are trying to be successful in the state. And I just think, like I said, when you look at it and you understand, there's so much now that is visible to the public. I mean, we've seen a a hypocritical, lying governor who've been saying all along these stay-at-home orders were necessary to bring our state back into a recovery out there with the protesters in Philadelphia, out there with four or 5,000 protesters in Philadelphia. But this is the same fellow that won't let you, uh, you know, you know, let you go to a restaurant and eat on a patio in some counties. This is the same person that, you know, prevent uh, limits what you buy in certain stores and what you can sell in certain stores. This is the same person who kept his cabinet shop, his family business open while he closed other businesses of similar character, you know, of similar uh, businesses, cabinet shops and so forth. I mean, he kept his open and closed others of the same type of business. I thought that was incredibly hypocritical. I think people in this state are never going to forget this, folks. We're going to remember this. We're going to remember what these Democrats are all about. We're going to remember that it was the Republicans that wanted to reopen the state. And this, and this governor not only fought the, the Republicans every step of the way, but he also went to the state Supreme Court to override it. I think this is going to be a political victory for Republicans. I think you're going to see a lot of Democrats lose in this state uh, in November. I think these state representatives are going to get beat all across the state. I believe that we're going to pick up at least 20 new seats in the House in the State Assembly, and I believe we'll pick up about two or three more in the State Senate. One of those, I think, is going to be uh, Judy Swank's seat. We're going to pick that up for a Republican. I think Annette Baker is going to win that seat in Reading, I think, because Trump will win these districts. You see, Trump's going to win these districts. Where Trump wins, we have a really good chance of winning. And the Democrats are demonstrating day in and day out every day what their real motive is, their real motive and their real aim and their real goal is to instill misery on this public, on, on, to get rid of the middle class, punish the middle class. And they're demonstrating that now. I mean, the cities are under siege. I mean, we have anarchy reigning in, in cities all across the country. Uh, I mean, we have anarchists with firearms now taking over seven city blocks in Seattle, Washington. That's right, folks. Anarchists have taken over seven city blocks in Seattle, Washington. Now, the Democrat governor, well, he didn't know what was going on. He said, I, I didn't know anything about it. And the Democrat mayor, well, she, saw, she calls this a sort of hippie love-in. I think what's interesting on all of this is both of these are Democrats. And both of them are paralyzed with indecision. Or I should say, they're paralyzing the public with their indecision, that would be what I would say. They're paralyzing all of us by watching this, by forcing us to see this on the news, on the I should say on the propaganda networks every day, uh, by forcing us to see this, they're, they're paralyzing us all uh, with, with their 
their indecision. I think it's very amazing. I mean, no kidding. I'm not, I'm not making this up, folks. I, I don't have that kind of imagination. The imagination needed to, to write this narrative. I mean, a Greek author couldn't write this narrative. You know, see, I, I live in, and you live in the land of reality, and we're trying to make sense of and explain the unexplainable here for you right here. I mean, that's what we're trying to do. I think we should all demand, I think we should all demand to see what the search history on Governor Inslee's phone is and his email history to see who these anarchists are that he's been communicating with. Because I do believe that Governor Inslee, who ran for president on the Democrat ticket, um, who couldn't get anybody to, to support him, okay, he was Mr. Climate Change himself, if you remember, in the Democrat ticket. Uh, Governor Inslee claims he didn't know anything about these anarchists. I like to see his search history on his phone. And being that his phone and his emails are public records, I hope somebody in Washington is looking to see this. I think they can get a right to know on this and uh, see what's going on with Inslee's phone records and see who he's been chatting with. Who of these anarchists has he been chatting it up with? Well, what's interesting is, and of course the mayor, I mean, she's, she's, she's as dippy as I've ever seen. I've never seen anybody as dippy as this mayor. And uh, she's, you know, it's unbelievable what they're going through. Seattle mayor, they're both Democrats. They're both incompetent. And they're displaying their incompetent. They're displaying their ineptness to the entire country. Yes, to the entire world, if the rest of the world cares, but certainly this country. We're all seeing what these Democrats are capable of. Uh, of what they're capable of turning their backs on if they see, uh, you know, basically when, when they want to. You know, uh, we I guess they changed their name. It was the uh, Chaz Zone. It was Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone that was Chaz. Now it's the Capitol Hill Occupied Protests. So now it's called CHOP. So CHOP, Capitol Hill Occupied Protest. I guess they're not doing autonomous. They're now doing just protesting. I guess that's where they're at. Uh, I mean, they're they're all a bunch of anarchists, and uh, the Democrats are allowing them to do this. And the ones that you hear in the news that are talking about defund the police, you know, the same ones that are now saying they don't they don't want to defund the police. Well, they've already said they wanted to defund the police, and it wouldn't take the fake news Pravda media very much if they wanted to try to demonstrate that they, uh, you know, an act of journalism, if you will, by digging into this, if they really wanted to find out. But I say this because these people, these hypocrites, these Democrats, they ran for office claiming to be representatives of the working class and the middle class. They claim to be representatives of all of us. And now they're showing how disconnected to reality they are. These Democrats are truly disconnected. I mean, you look at it on a national level. I mean, they. They can't even figure out why Trump won. And they just can't figure out who what, what we're all about here. But they're demonstrating. See, this is all what we're seeing. What we're seeing in, in with a front row seat, what happens when the Pravda propaganda media provides cover for people running for office. Cover by meaning that they're not revealing the real belief system, the real constructs, the real traditions, the real... Well, the real intent of these activists who are running to become the lawmakers of our society, because folks, they're not lawmakers. They're, they're, they're selective lawbreakers. And I think that's a very, very distinct 
phenomenon, and it's a difference that we need to not miss. You see, when activists become elected to public position, a public public position or a policy decision like lawmakers and or policy, you know, makers, policy writers, law writers, whatever, they have nothing to offer people in the way of connected reality. They're not connected to anybody. When we listened to the city council in the city of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and that city council president last week made the comment and the claim that she wanted all the police to hang in there and stay with them, they were going to defund the police and change it into a peace force type thing. She didn't know what it was going to look like. See, she says, we're going to change everything. We don't know what that means, but we're going to do it. You see, you're getting this fifth dimensional logic from these people that you just can't connect the dots of. Okay? Because they don't have anything to offer in the way of connected reality. None of these people do. They, they are simply selective lawbreakers. Well, this mayor of Seattle and this governor of Washington are two of, two of, the, of, two of these type of activists. And, uh, you know, there's a big difference. When you elect a lawmaker or when you elect an activist to play the role of a lawmaker. It was interesting, you know, I was watching a, an old episode of Columbo and the, the guy it was a guy playing the part of a TV detective. And of course, in the end, he gets caught and he says, you see, I'm not really a criminal, he said. And I'm just, he said in the, in the role, he said, I just play the part. That's how come I made the mistake of putting the fingerprints <laughs> where they shouldn't have been. And I guess the whole point of this, and I guess where I'm going with that is when you're not really a lawmaker, then you don't have the sensibility of what of what to do when something like this happens. You just kind of allow it to happen because it's what you don't care. I mean, they're going to allow a seven block a city of seven seven city blocks to be taken over and a police precinct to be taken over in the city of Seattle. They're going to allow that to happen. But they're going to comment negatively on Donald Trump wanting to have rallies in states. I find that hypocrisy not only delicious but glaring. And I find the media malpractice that fails to point that out as, again, being a disservice to the public and acting more as an enemy of the public. Folks are selectively overlooking the rights of the businesses and the citizens who live in that city, that seven city block. I mean, let's I want you to try to get the context of this. The police surrendered the East Police Precinct and abandoned the seven-city block area. The Seattle police chief, well, she stated that she was given orders to abandon and surrender the police precinct. Don't miss that. They did this without firing a shot. They gave up the police precinct. I remember back in 1979 when in Tehran, a bunch of uh, radical Islamics took over our embassy in Tehran, Iran, and I remember as, a, as a, a high schooler at the time wondering why they were able to go in there and take all those hostages in our embassy without our Marines firing a shot. I, I couldn't believe it. But we had a Democrat president named Jimmy Carter at the time who he too was paralyzed with indecision, not knowing what to do. And he allowed our 
he allowed those hostages to be taken in our our embassy. Another Democrat allowed that to happen. Don't miss that. The Democrats allowed that to happen. Our embassy is the White House in the capital of another country. Don't miss that. And our 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 our, uh, our embassy staff is like the White House staff. Okay. Our ambassador is the president on foreign soil. So when they took the embassy and they took the staff, it was like they, they took our White House in Tehran. I don't want to miss that because that was something I'll never forget as now unfold in Seattle. And again, they've let these anarchists in without firing a shot. They surrendered the police station. Now, I believe, and I mean, you're going to hear this from me. Here comes, I'm going to unpack this here a little bit. I believe the people that gave this police chief the order to abandon the citizens in the citizens' police precinct, I believe those people are going to have something to answer for legally. I think there's something that's going to unfold here. I think they can be, I think they can possibly be held personally liable. Now, I haven't heard this anywhere, but I cannot believe that a mayor of a city can give up the protection. See, the police are there to protect, to preserve, and to serve. And when they take out the police and they allow they allow anarchists in to to basically destroy property and, and possibly hurt people, certainly destroy and steal and pillage, but also to possibly hurt people, I believe there's going to be a personal liability to people that allowed that to happen. Now, I may be wrong on this. I may be totally wrong on this. But I think there's something coming down the pike on this, and 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 mark my mark this day, mark mark this moment, as when you heard it, because I believe it's going to come down the pike. I think we're going to hear something more of this, especially if there's real, I mean, more than just graffiti. If there was looting that took place, if there was real damage that took place, and I've been, there have been reports of crimes, reports of, not you know, certain crimes, but also extortion. They were actually. There were reports of all this. Now, I don't know how real all that is. I have no idea. But eventually, when the dust settles, we're going to get the truth of what happened in these seven city blocks in Seattle. And I think when all that hits, where all that truth settles and all that dust settles, at that point, folks, we're going to we're going to see the legal hammer come down on these on these activists who allowed this to happen. And I believe this mayor has got some answering to do. I think. Not just politically. I think both Inslee and this mayor, I think they're both politically done. I think Jenny Durkin, she's the mayor, Jenny Durkin, and Jay Inslee, the governor, these Democrats are done politically. I think that they're in their last terms. They're done. I, I think that uh, I see people see it. Everyone sees it. Everyone's sick and tired of it. And they all know who's guilty and they all know who's responsible. They know it's the Democrats. And so when November rolls around, don't be surprised to see what happens in the state of Washington. Now, I will say this. In the Washington primary that happened oh, a while ago, I guess it was a Washington primary came out. We saw that the turnouts and we saw all this, all the, all the, uh, we saw the, we see the excitement there. We see, for instance, there's more people right now who have more individuals have given money to Donald Trump, the incumbent president in the state of Washington 
than individuals in the state of Washington have ever given to any other incumbent president ever. Now, I remember hearing those facts, oh, about six months ago, and I'm repeating them now. There's a lot of excitement in the state of Washington for Donald Trump. And I think now in the city of Seattle, there's people going, there are people right now thinking about, they're angry. I mean, Democrats are angry. There are people that voted for Hillary Clinton that would be planning on voting for Joe Biden that are listening to Joe Biden talk about how he thinks this is 11 or this is, he's buying into the media malpractice, calling this a food fair of sorts, some sort of a carnival event. And they're all marveling at how these Democrats can't see the anarchy. I think these Democrats, see, there's a, there's a lot of people that would vote for Joe Biden, possibly vote for Joe Biden, Democrats that would vote for Joe Biden that really do see reality. Or maybe, maybe with something like this event happening, we'll not only see it, but, but they'll, it'll be a, it'll be an eye-opening woke experience for them. They, they may be eternally woke by seeing these anarchists and seeing this ugly, evil side of, of these anarchists and who supports these anarchists. They're going to say, oh my goodness, the Democrat Party supports these anarchists. And I think they're going to see Biden and they're going to see how little they're saying about this and against this. And I think they're going to see some Democrats either stay home and not vote or come out and vote for Trump. Don't miss it. If Trump wins the state of Washington, folks, you'll remember you heard it here. Now, Trump lost the state of Washington, I believe, by seven points to uh, to to the dragon lady, Hillary Clinton. So, I mean, he lost it to her uh, back, uh, you know, in 2016, I think by seven points. So I think it's going to be a lot closer than that this time around, especially with the people in the state of Washington seeing this on on the 24 seven news cycles every day. Uh, in their city. I mean, I mean, this is something I'm driving them crazy. I think they're watching these Democrats paralyzed with indecision and, of course, making uh, no decision and, and paralyzing the entire community with their no decision. So not only are they paralyzed with their indecision, but they're paralyzing the community as well uh, with their indecision. But we're going to find there's going to be something there, folks. I do believe this. And, and I think that we might see that these activists possibly can be brought up on charges for personally allowing this type of thing to happen. I mean, it was her orders that, that resulted, I believe, uh, in the in the police chief. I think the police chief knows it, and I think that's going to come out, as she gave the order to surrender the police precinct. And, of course, they've already damaged that. But <clears throat> we don't know to what extent. There's a lot of things we don't know uh, What what what's going on with CHOP right now, the the, the protests over there in the seven city blocks. But whatever it is, uh, you know, the Capitol Hill occupied protest zone. Uh, I mean, it was her orders, that mayor, that was her orders uh, to, to allow this to happen. And uh, I think she's going to be, there's going to be a problem. But anyway, I mean, um, people are watching these anarchists run amok and Jenny Durkin's responsible. And I think people see it. I think that's where it's going. I mean, they're, they're ignoring their responsibility to adhere to the oath that they swore to. You know what's interesting on that? And I want to point that out. Jenny Durkin and, and Jay Inslee both swore an oath to the God of the God of all and uh, that they would protect, defend, and preserve the Constitution. Well, they're not doing that. Okay, they broke that oath. 
But it's easy for profane people to break an oath because they're swearing allegiance to a God they don't really believe in. They may say they do, but they don't because when you make an oath to God, you don't easily break that oath. And, and so when you, they didn't swear this oath to some, to a God they believe in. I don't believe. And of course, then it gets down to, uh, they're also swearing to protect the constitution that they believe needs to be completely gutted and changed. And, uh, they want to be two of the people that would like to be, sit, be sitting on the committee to, uh, write the new constitution. That's what I think. Okay. Or make sure they can, they could appoint the people. Uh, to do that. that. That's what they're looking for. See, that's why they're so easily able to do this. Look, th this is right out of Saul Lewinsky. Saul Lewinsky's uh, rules for, for radicals. And I think that, you know, profane people are, are just able to break these oaths. They don't have a problem with it. But what's amazing is why, can't, why don't they do something about it? I think people are looking. So what are some things they can do? Let's talk about that. Well, they could turn off the electric to the seven-city block. They could just basically control the grid and say no more power to that seven-city block. They certainly could turn off the water and the gas, okay? They could jam all the cell phones. They could do that, too. They could jam the cell phones and make it so they can't communicate to Jay Inslee, so that uh, Jay Inslee can't communicate to them. And uh, that way, uh, when we check Jay Inslee's phone, we're going to see a phone call could not be completed as dialed <laughs> as he tries to call his his activist anarchist friends over there of uh chop and uh and of course i think jenny durkin too i think uh, her cell phones and and of course the, the people she knows that are in there when you jam the cell phones they're not going to have any contact at all with these people but i believe it would grind it all grind this chaos to a complete halt and uh, I don't think there's any question about it. But, of course, don't expect Jay Inslee or Jenny Durkin or Joe Biden or any of these activist Democrats to come up with a common sense idea like shutting off the electric or shutting off the water or jamming cell phones. Don't expect them to come up with it. Not because they're not smart enough, folks, okay, because all you're going to do is figure something out. You can figure out how to sh how to how to how to grind this chaos to a halt if they really wanted to. The thing of it is, is they don't have the want to. Okay, they don't have the want to. It's not that they can't figure it out. They don't want to figure it out. Don't miss that. I don't want our listeners to miss that. Okay, these activists, okay, the, the Jenny Durkin, the governor, the, the, the mayor of, 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 of the Democrat mayor and this activist Democrat governor, Jay Inslee, they don't want to figure it out. Joe Biden does not want to figure it out. They had a big forum, I think, on CNN. They had all these different mayors all around the country, all these different mayors. And they're all talking about all these. And they're all Democrats. They're all Democrat mayors. And they're talking to all these Democrats trying to figure out you know, what, what has to happen here and what needs to happen here. And none of them came up with the idea of turning off the power, turning off the electric, the water or jamming cell phones. Nobody thought of any of that. Nobody's trying to grind this to a halt, folks. And I think when our when our when the people that listen to our show, who do live in reality, who do live in the here and the now, who do see the objective facts, when they're watching the Pravda propaganda networks out there every day, okay, 
with all these fake experts and all these whatevers, and no one talks about how to grind this to a halt. You've got to ask, and what, and, and of course they're calling this festive <laughs> festival and street fair type, you know, I mean, a hippie loving or whatever. They're calling this like a big party. Well, then you have to, you have to know as an objective person, those Democrats don't want to turn that off. So in November, when the time comes, vote for the Republicans. Please understand that these Democrats do not want America first. They don't want Seattle first. They don't want Washington State first. They don't want you first or me first or they don't want anything. They, they, you know, when you look at when you look at their list of demands, it's even more telling. OK, what do these activists really want? OK, these anarchists, they want free college. They want free medical. They want free housing, free food, open borders. They want to defund and abolish the police. They want to defund and abolish border control, border and customs enforcement, ICE. They want to retry all people of color in jail. They want reparations for all people of color. Reparations, unbelievable. And they want to ban the use of armed force. And along with open borders, they want to they want to stop calling illegal immigrants illegal immigrants, and they want to now call them undocumented immigrants. Now that's their very short list of demands. I mean, folks, this is what they are. This is what they this is what they're doing right now. Okay. I mean, these activists are ignoring the laws. And they're not trying to grind anything to a halt. They're not trying to think through this at all. Because anyone could figure out how to do this without really hurting anybody, without going in there and, and forcing them out with, you know, by force. Just create a situation where they just leave. You see, the Seattle police chief, she stated that they're unable to, and this is something else I want people to understand. The Seattle police chief, she stated that they're unable to get to and help the people needing the police in this seven, particular seven city block area. So, for instance, if you're in the city block area and you are being threatened or if you're if you're having a crime committed against you or your property. Well, you got to you got to if you're going to if you're going to call 911, you got to get to the edge of that city block area, which, by the way, these people that want open borders have built walls around their borders. I think that's kind of ironic. And anyway, they bet you, you got to get to the edge of the of the area of the the border, if you will, to get the police to help you. So calls coming in for extreme things like rape or robbery or property damage are now going ignored by law enforcement. You see, that's happening, folks. Make no mistake, we don't see the prop the propaganda out there talking about this. This is truly unexplainable, and we are trying to explain it here, but don't blame me for the for the unexplainable trying to be explained, because folks, it truly is, we're just trying to connect the dots here, and, and, and honestly, I mean, I, I didn't, I'm not making this up, this is really happening. And, you know... They, instead of instead of protecting, preserving, and defending the law-abiding citizens, they're basically protecting, preserving, and defending the anarchists. That's very apparent. And you're seeing this on the Pravda propaganda, CNN, MSNBC, and other fake news sources 
We're seeing this being called, like I said, a summer of love. The media malpractice, look, the media malpractice, it, it, they're just failing to report the response. and They're, they're failing to report anything, any real facts on this. They're always showing you the lifestyle. Oh, look at they're planting these plants in these Dixie cups or whatever. But you don't hear anybody talking about the response times to 911 calls now. That went from three to five minutes to like 20 minutes. And again, I, 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 they're doing it. The reason the response times are longer is because they closed the police precinct. That's why the, the response times are longer. I mean, it, again, they close the police precinct. You can expect 911 calls to go from, you know, what they were to like five or six times more. And then that's what's happening. I heard somebody say, I guess somebody uh, was asking me the other day, are they seceding from the U.S.? Are they seceding? Well, when you look at the corporate stooges and the fake news, when you see them commit their media malpractice, when you see them pretend that this takeover of seven city blocks is a sort of food and art festival, then you can understand, really understand, that these people are not giving you the facts in the skinny. They're trying to paint a scenario to frustrate you, to make you feel like, you're the only one that sees it as crazy. Everybody else sees this as wonderful. I mean, they're calling these people patriots for crying out loud. And I, I just think it's it's just it's just very telling to me. I mean, very it's very telling. This is like Escape from New York, only it's in Seattle. You know, the movie Escape from New York. This is like this is just mayhem. That's what it is. And, and again, you know, I don't hear anybody asking, what about the residents? What about the businesses? What about the people who live there and do business there? Who's looking out for them? Well, we're going to ask that question. Who's looking out for the, who's looking out for the residents and the business people that live in the area that is being occupied by CHOP, by these anarchists? Well, the the gutless governor stated that he wasn't even aware that this was happening. I mean, think about that. How much help is he going to be? No, he's allowing this to occur, folks. And the police surrendered their precinct. So this is really happening. And there's no one, there's nobody really in control within there. I mean, it really isn't, uh, I mean, it really is anarchy. But what's really telling, and, and I think people are seeing this, is that, that the radical groups that these people are and what they represent, they're controlling the Democrat leadership. They're controlling the Democrat Party. And I think that's very, very telling because, again, the defund the police, you know, defund and get rid of the police, defund and get rid of ICE. These movements that are being and have been talked about by the radical end of the Democrat Party we're also stated by many of these so-called mainstream Democrats within the party leadership right now. But they're all retracting and recoiling on that now because they've seen the polling doesn't add up. They see the polling doesn't add up. You know, it's interesting, the ABC News poll that shows Trump behind Biden by like, I don't know, eight or nine points, seven, eight points, whatever it is. It's the same poll that shows only six out of ten of Americans believe that, uh, or see see this as negative. 
I mean, that's that's how phony you know the poll is. <laughs> okay? That's how phony you know the poll is. And I, I just think it's very uh, telling. that They're convincing the Democrat leadership that there is support for them. And I just, you know, but but not for that. And so you're seeing a lot of these, these uh, the Democrats that are out there and their Hollywood elites out there that are basically saying, I mean, you can't talk about defund the police. If you do, you're going to lose the election. Well, they know it. They know there's going to be a problem. I mean, you got the rioters being portrayed by the Pravda fake news as merry band, a merry band of pranksters or something. I mean, that's really what it is. I mean, these rioters, these these anarchists are being portrayed as just a bunch of pranksters, a bunch of kids. But what's really happening is the, the, the woke, the eternally woke are seeing what happens when they turn on each other. See, Jay Inslee wasn't aware of the autonomous police free zone. That's what he said. He's unable to contain these rioters and grind it to a halt. And the mayor, well, she's she's calling them patriots. And, of course, she's ignoring calls for her resignation, which are mounting up big time. Your Honor, the prosecution is proving that this is not about dunk tanks and food trucks and fried foods. And this is about how people... This is about how people elected to office, Your Honor, who swore an oath to protect, serve, and preserve our Constitution are allowing anarchy. These activist Democrats, Your Honor, have allowed these anarchists to roll over Seattle police, and they, they rolled over the, the police department, and that like Attila the Hun rolled through Rome. The, profit, the prosecution will prove that these activist Democrat leaders are, in fact, enabling these anarchists by even providing them supplies, foodstuffs, and porta potties, folks. The prosecution, Your Honor, will prove that. And it will prove again that the Pravda propaganda media is really an enemy of the people. And, Your Honor, as evidence to prove this crime, the prosecution will now show evidence proving the collaboration of all the different propaganda networks. So let's take a look at this. We're going to prove unequivocally that the Pravda Propaganda Network goal was to make everyone think that this insane happening, okay, and everyone who thinks this is insane, the Democrats have sold out the socialism. They're going to see it, folks. But these people are trying to get to make us believe we're the only one who sees it. But don't miss it. You, me, and everyone else sees it. It's as obvious as, and it stands out as much as a bagel and a plateful of grits. I heard someone suggest the reason they keep coming out with this insanity for all of us to see every day is this is all they know. Because they are, in fact, a tabloid journalism or like, you know, you know, the tabloid journalists that we used to see when you're standing there in line at the checkout line at the grocery store before we before we had the practice of social distancing. You see those, uh, you know, you see those tabloid papers there, you know, like woman gives birth to an alien or something like that. 
what happens is, folks, they come up with a smear, a fake story. And then they, like a tabloid paper, they overgeneralize it. And they put it out on the networks to give it all credibility. Even though it's fake and even though it's phony, their goal is to generate the drama. And the drama is sold as something real. But folks, it's nothing but it's nothing but drama. It's nothing but a TV show. It's nothing but fake, phony. Their goal is to convince all of us that our efforts in resisting them are in fact futile. That's what they want us to think. They want us to think that we're the minority. And they do this by saturating us with fake story after fake story after fake story. They want us to think that they're an unstoppable army. Folks, we are the majority. And they and Joe Biden know it. Make no mistake. I mean, you got MSNBC out there declaring that some are calling this a street festival. Now, I'd like to ask, who are some? Okay. They make the claim. Some are calling this a street festival. Okay. Instead of saying some are wrongly calling this a street festival, instead of saying some are calling these anarchists a street festival, they're saying some are calling this a fun fest, street festival. Again, they're trying to give credit to someone other than themselves for the label. And they, they want to try to at least provide a sort of of a faint of objective journalism. So they, they come out and they say something like some are, you know, like they're reporting something. What you're hearing is you're hearing them. I mean, you're, you're, you're hearing these activists, these fake journalists point to food trucks that are there, taco shops that are open to sort of prove that this is a sort of love in the street food festival on CBS. They, they're calling this a sort of love in a pedestrian street festival. I mean, CBS cheered the graffiti on the buildings as art displays. And they called it sort of like a street fair-like atmosphere. They call the city under siege a street fair-like atmosphere. CBS. Who in the world would ever watch CBS News again? ABC News had an online headline. It was funny. The online headline said, Trump fumes and the protesters stake out Festive zone in Seattle. I mean, that's protesters staking out a festive zone, and Trump is upset about that. I, I'm, I mean, I can think of a, a lot of different headlines that would really depict the reality on the ground, but they're giving you a headline to depict some sort of a fairy tale story that they're trying to create a narrative on. The activist mayor, you know, she was on CNN and she was touting this as a love in street festival. The that 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 Jenny Durkin, she was on CNN. They had her on, and I thought it was interesting because they just let her say it and they didn't hold her accountable for it. I'm, I'm amazed at that. Look, the media collaboration is simply amazing, Your Honor. I prosecution proves this by saying, Your Honor, you can turn to any channel and get the same story and the same narrative and the same headline on any channel, on any newspaper, anywhere. 
And again, it really is. I mean, I, I'm blown away by all of this, folks. I really am. I mean, you got cities, like I said, Minneapolis, Washington, D.C. I mean, the graffiti that's everywhere, L.A., Philadelphia, New York City, and oh, Chicago. This this was something I, I wanted to bring up. What's going on in Chicago? On May 31st, one day, one day in the city of Chicago, May 31st, you had 132 officers injured. You had 48 shootings, 17 murders in one day. You had 65,911 calls. Now, that's an increase of about three times what it normally is. I guess they didn't have much of a food festival there that day. That wasn't a, that wasn't a merry band of pranksters there in Chicago. Tell those people who live in Chicago that this is a merry band of pranksters. You see, when people start getting hit with the reality on the ground next to them, and then they see CBS, and they see CNN, and they see MSNBC, and they see all of these, ABC and all of them, call this a street fair atmosphere in, in, in the, the, you know, Seattle and all that, but they're, they're negating to report what happened in Chicago. And this is just amazing to me. None of these channels talked about anything that went on, the carnage that went on in Chicago. I'm going to call it carnage because that's exactly what it is, folks. 132 police officers injured, 48 shootings, 17 murders in one day in Chicago. 65,911 calls, three times what it normally is. I mean, the daily toll. And, you know, MSNBC and CBS, CNN and all these other fake news your Honor, they didn't report any of that. They weren't talking about the carnage in Seattle. No, no, they're talking about the food fair, the, the, the fair-like atmosphere in Seattle. Folks, if they put this news out there, if they talked about what happened in Chicago, if they, if they, if they played up what happened in Chicago as much as they play up other stories on the fake news, we would be astonished, absolutely amazed. And the American public would be amazed. This is what we see every day. Or I should say what we don't see every day. Chicago and other cities, they've been failed by their Democrat city leaders. Make no mistake. And the issue I have and, and again, I, I, I just think, you know, I think Gianno Caldwell, she, he was an author. He's from Chicago. He was an author of Taken for Granted. Uh, he had a discussion with a famous hip-hop radio personality in Chicago. And this radio personality was defending the mayor's actions. And I think Gianno Caldwell was just amazed at this. Because, folks, some of this carnage does not touch certain people in Chicago. It doesn't touch the mayor. We know that. It doesn't touch the some radio personalities that make a lot of money. They have a lot of listeners, a lot of advertising sold on their stations. So it's easy for these people to continually go to bat 
for a failing mayor and, and the mayor's actions. I mean, I would give this mayor a complete F for protecting Chicago. I mean, this mayor decided when she when when back on May 31st, she decided to protect the downtown Loop Business Center when they with 365,000 National Guardsmen and she left the people and the poor communities exposed to the carnage and the violence. Why would she do that? Well, folks, she's an out-of-touch elitist who claims to be looking out for the poor and the middle class and the, and the, and the downtrodden. Well, she's not. None of these elitists do. Why? Because none of this carnage touches them. It doesn't touch them. And I think that's what's amazing. And I think people are going to see this. We have a distinct difference between two parties to vote for in November. You have a party of Democrats who are run by a bunch of elitists, out-of-touch stuff shirts, bureaucrats, and their, their lead horse in the race is Joe Biden, and they're running this race with a horse that has a heart condition, and they have no, they have a 300-pound jockey on the, on the horse's back. And everyone sees this. America's going to see this for what it is. They're going to see this. When you have the media ignoring the stories of what went on in Chicago, I mean, literally, in one day, 132 police officers injured, 48 shootings, 17 murders, three times the 911 calls in one day. When you see this happen, and then you see radio personalities, you know, being interviewed by authors like Gianna Caldwell, and they're defending this elitist mayor, you have to ask yourself the question, Mr. Radio Personality, are you really attached to reality? Do you see what's happening to the people in your city? Does this matter to you? Who does this matter to? If it doesn't touch them, and you know, we all ask the question, why does Willard Romney stick up for the Democrats? You know, why is you know, General Mattis sticking up for the Democrats. Why are these former, I mean, you got you got John McCain's family going to be voting or supporting Joe Biden and these, the, the deep staters. And you see all these Republicans, not a lot, not a lot of them, but you're seeing some of these, these, these general, I want to see these, uh, you know, these establishment type Republicans coming out against Trump. Is it because they don't see the carnage? Does Willard Romney not see this carnage? Does he not see the problem with the Democrat Party? Of course they see it. They see it, folks. They see it. Because it stands out pretty plain. Can't miss it. Folks, they don't believe it'll touch them ever. Them or their family. They are only concerned about their circle of family, their circle of influence. They're not concerned about you and me. You know, as a chairman of a, of a political party, I see this. That we have people that in the Republican Party still play footsie with these activist Democrats. And I just can't figure out why. Well, I, I guess now I can probably better figure out why than before. Because it... These facts don't matter to these people. The facts of these activist Democrats acting in the best interest of a bunch of elitists and special interests instead of the best interests of their communities 
Well, that fact is it is seen by people like me because it matters to me. Much of this won't possibly touch me as well, but but at least I care about people. And you you pointed out you're like, you know, you're in charge of this. You're in charge of public policy. You're in charge of lawmaking and law enforcement. How is it you don't look out for the most vulnerable in your society? I don't get it. Because politics is so corrupt and the donors that give these people money are the ones backing the support and the votes that get these people elected. I, I don't know. Look, all I can tell you is the Democrats are infested with this problem. But it's everywhere in Washington. Okay, it's not, it's everywhere, but it's primarily in that party. And so a lot of the primary action that we see in the primaries that we see is about purging this out of the party platforms and party candidates, purging away, getting rid of the candidates that really are out of touch. The Willard Romneys. Willard will likely not see a second term as senator in in Utah. He likely will not. Because the state of Utah will purge him out with better candidates in a primary race in three or four years when he runs again. I think it's four years. That's a fact. I mean, you're going to see this. This is what primaries are all about. So guys like Willard Romney will be back into the private sector where he can be an elitist there, and that's okay. It's his right to be an elitist. But elitists should not be in public policy ever. I mean, I was on a school board. I served with elitists on a school board. It's amazing watching these people decry that if we want to if we want to do better academically, we need more affluent people. I mean, this is an amazing thing to me. Okay, elitists don't have a connection with reality. They don't see the suffering. They don't see that certain policies and certain rules and certain laws become the well, they, they can be avoided with better policy. And that's just a fact. Well, folks, we are out of time. I want to thank all of our listeners. Stay tuned later on today. We're going to be talking a lot more about what's going on in the world. And uh, we'll be talking a lot more about that with Annette Baker on the phone. And uh, so tune in later on The Watchman for Annette Baker and I as we unpack some more of today's News and news of the week and the news of the month and the news of the century right here on AM Radio 1180 WFYL. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We appreciate you listening to us. Tune in every Saturday morning right here at 7 a.m. right here on AM Radio 1180 WFYL for this distinct discussion. Many of our audience listens to us in the, in the listening area, but a lot of us, a lot of our audience does pick us up on YouTube. When they go to YouTube, they search. 1180 WFYL on YouTube and they listen live there or they actually go to the website 1180WFYL.com and click listen live there. Others pick up the podcasts when they're up. However you choose to listen, folks, we appreciate it. That's why we are here. See you next Saturday on The Point. I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.